0: Welcome to the SEO Freelancer Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Leroy. And today, I'm very excited to have our guest, Arige Abu-Ali, who very recently went out on her own. And today, we're going to be talking about her freelance journey, her career to date, and also what made her take the leap. Real quick, before we get into this month's interview with Arige, let's go over this month's sponsor, Bright Local. Bright Local is the all-in-one local SEO platform designed to drive traffic and leads from local search. Its focus on local SEO gives you what other platforms can't. Local rank tracking, local citation monitoring, Google business profile auditing, local competitor insights, and review monitoring. It's all here. Bright Local offers review generation campaigns, a low-cost local citation building service, and even helps you convert your site visitors into piping hot leads. Perfect for any freelancers looking to scale up. You want to know what the best part? It's super affordable, with agency plans starting at just $49 per month and a white label option to keep your reports professional and on brand. Our listeners can take advantage of an exclusive offer. Sign up at brightlocal.com SEO freelancer and receive $75 in Citation Builder credits immediately. Don't miss out on this opportunity to level up your local SEO. Head to brightlocal.com slash freelancer today. Thanks again to our sponsor, Bright Local, and let's jump into this month's interview. So, Areej, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Nick.
0: Like I said, I'm super excited. You know, I've known Areej for several years. She's probably one of those pinnacle, you know, and I'm using air quotes here, you know, online friends. You know, we've been able to work, you know, in a couple instances professionally, but it's always fun to see her in the industry. And as many of you may know, you know, she's spoken at conferences, publishes quite a bit, you know, organizes uh, women in tech SEO, which we'll get into all of that so much. But again, Areej, thank you for your time today. This is going to be a great opportunity.
1: Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. So Areej, let's jump in. You know, I'm kind of talking already, like absolutely everybody here knows who you are and they probably already do. But do you mind giving us just a a quick recap? You know, who is Areej? What are you up to? How's life going?
1: yeah i think it's going quite well i mean this is my first official month of freelancing which is very very exciting um i've been doing seo for the past decade uh i initially started out agency side i did that for a little over five years and then i moved in-house where i worked on aggregator sites property market and then i moved over to e-commerce um and then yeah last year uh i was on maternity leave and i was like you know what that's it i really want to do my own thing um, and other than you know my day to day SEO, my big big passion project is women in tech SEO. Uh, I created that a little over three years ago, and we do all sorts of initiatives, so that's something that I enjoy working on tons.
0: Oh, I love it, and we're gonna definitely go into all of that separately. So all of it is just very exciting. Uh, Barij, if you don't mind, can you give us just a little bit of a story? I know you said already some of the in-house you know um agency side. But walk us through your first like SEO job. Like how did you get into SEO? And if you feel comfortable with it, like are you willing to share a lot of us laugh at what we were making for our first job and compared to what we were able to, you know, find success with today. Yeah,
1: I'd be happy to. I mean, I I I moved to the UK exactly 10 years ago, actually, this month is my 10 okay. year anniversary. Right. I know it's really exciting, um, and I I did a master's degree in business IT. My background was computer engineering, um, and then somehow I kind of you know stumbled across this world of SEO through like internships that I was doing while I was doing my master's degree, and the very first role I got was purely because I am fluent in Arabic. <laughs> and so it was an a- SEO agency that were that had just won an Arabic client. And so they needed someone who was fluent in Arabic to work with that client. So it was actually um, a content marketing executive role. Um, but then after the first month, they switched me over to the technical SEO team right away. Um, and my first salary was 20000 Five hundred pound a year. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that was back in twenty fourteen.
0: Yeah, and, and people have now heard many, many times. But you know, when you take at least at the time the comparison, you and I would be making very similar. Yeah, I was. I think it was thirty four thousand dollars USD. Yeah. So at the time, <laughs> we would have been very close. Mine was uh, back in two thousand nine. But again, this is one of my most favorite part. Is you know when we've all put the time into this industry it's fun to look back and laugh on it back then I'll speak for myself only. You're just excited that you have a job and an opportunity yep. to learn. Yeah. So let's talk about your choice of, of going out on your own. I know you had already kind of told us, you know, you were pregnant with your child, you know, you were kind of looking for other opportunities, but I'd love to better understand considering you've been in the industry and you've kind of checked everything off the box, the in-house, the agency, you've spoken at events, you've been published all the above. So, Why freelance? Like, what made you say, this is it, I'm going to do it?
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, I've been overthinking it for a while, maybe a little bit in the last two or three years. Um, The last full-time role I had was pretty much perfect. Like, I loved the company I worked with. It was an in-house e-commerce role. I was sat in the tech team. I loved the team. We were getting a lot of stuff done. And I think it's what you said. Like I felt like I checked most of the boxes there, where I knew I would probably not be able to go out and find a role that was going to be as good as that one. But then like something still felt missing. I think a big part of it is because of all the work I do for Women in Tech SEO, being part of a full-time 9 to 5 job made it very, very difficult for me to work on some of these other projects, except during my evenings and weekends. And I really, really needed the flexibility of just owning my own schedule and being able to go like, no, you know what? Today is Monday, but that's fine. I'm going to spend all of it on WTS, for example. And then tomorrow, I can pick up client work. So I feel like that was probably the piece of the puzzle that was missing. and then yeah the other point was I I also really wanted flexibility like around you know now having a family and so forth and not being kind of you know I think a lot of things came out of the pandemic in terms of commuting and you know the the luxury of working from home and so forth and I just felt like it did it didn't matter how good of a full-time role you had you probably were never going to be able to have as much flexibility
0: Absolutely. I mean, I'm nodding my head at everything that she said. You know, a lot of people are familiar with my my story. And unfortunately, I was let go of my gig during the the pandemic and the alternatives, you know, were going back to work for other people and I didn't like it. But as you had said, just the flexibility and ownership of your schedule is so amazing. And before we even jumped on this podcast, you know, we were talking, you know. Arija is fairly new to this full-time freelancing role, and you always tend to overextend yourself as you're kind of figuring it out. You want to overdeliver, which is normal. But the good news, as I reassured her, it was it gets better. Like as you kind of figure everything out, not everything is brand new. Kind of back to those days that we were talking about joining the agencies. You know, as you know, uh, entry level positions, it gets better. And not to uh, drag on here, but I remember what you were saying. Not to compare my newsletter to. Uh, Women in Tech SEO, because you do so much more. But I remember doing the nine to five, coming home, putting my kids to bed, and then having to write it. It felt Mm. like it was such a pain in the butt, because it'd be like two hours on top of it all. And to be able, I do the same thing you had kind of said, like Mondays are really kind of personal project days. So Mm. I wake up, I write the SEO for lunch newsletter. I am a little bit more engaged on LinkedIn and Twitter. And then I jump into projects and, you know, all the way up until Friday, you know, I try to be a lot more available to clients and stuff like that. So again, that was a lot of talking, but just to say, I agree and I completely understand. With that said, so I know you just gave us the full list. Was there any one particular moment knowing that you were considering freelance where you were just like, okay, this is it, like, this is what pushed me over, or is it just... Like walk us through just kind of that that actual moment where you made the decision and even and put in your notice at work.
1: Mm, I think probably being on maternity leave gave me some time away from work which helped because then I could kind of sit back and reflect on, you know, what I wanted to do next. Whereas normally, if I was doing my normal nine to five every day in and out, I wouldn't have had much time to kind of stop and think about it and think, oh, you know, everything's kind of going well. Why would I change it? I am like I'm very much into the whole Um, what do they call it? A creature of habit, that's Mm -hmm. me. And uh, and I do, uh, like stability is so important for me. So, uh, and I'm very, very risk averse. So for me, it was like, you know, I had to kind of sit down. I remember I had a random evening where I spent several hours, just like drawing out like a forecast, Mm -hmm. where I was like, okay, if I get this amount of work, if I do this, if I do that, what's it gonna look like in the year? And then once I had, it was almost like a life plan which was literally just a very messy Google sheet. (laughs) But once I put that out, and I was like, you know what? That's not so scary after all. I think I can make this work. And I kind of gave myself this almost like a deadline where I was like, give yourself the chance in 2023. Just do it from January to December and then see what happens. And, you know, like, if it doesn't work out, doesn't work out. Like, there are still tons of jobs out there. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I'll be able to kind of see see what's there. But even while I was saying that, I knew in the back of my head that this, this this is really what I want to do. And but probably I felt better putting down a plan and kind of documenting that for me to decide, okay, that's it. Let me, you know, I I, I really need to take that jump now.
0: I think that's fantastic. And I had a very similar situation as I mentioned before. You know, I, I was kind of outed of my my job. But as I was talking to other people and getting some offers that weren't so great, I kept talking to my wife and she had known that I'd been interested in going out on my own for years. And for me in the US, health insurance always scared me the most because my family has some health issues that we can't afford to have anything but very good insurance. But we did similar thing that you did. Like I, I sat down and kind of forecasted, okay, here's what I was making if I could even make half of that by, you know, six months in, like, how would that impact us? And it got to the point where my wife and I went, you know what? For six months, let's go ahead and do it. Let's set a goal. If you can make it, give yourself another six months. If you can't, then you know what? Boohoo! You know, you have to go try to find a six-figure in-house job or agency job, right? Like the opportunity was it was there. So, I completely understand that and you know, up until going out on my own, I would say I was not very risk adverse either. So um, kudos to you is what I'm trying to say. And that's fantastic. And I think that really transitions us into the next question that I'd love to get into is, you know, you had mentioned that you were pregnant and on maternity leave and making this decision. And as a father, you know, I understand that freelancing and parenting is not easy. You know each one has their own challenges so i'd love to just understand like talk to me a little bit about freelancing and parenting you know what challenges have you you know faced from the freelance side of it as well as like learning the ins and outs of raising a family on top of you know this new venture that you have
1: yeah i mean something i always like to talk about is um like i Productive procrastination is kind of how I get anything done. (laughs) Where I would, for example, have like massive to do lists, but then I know I have a list of 10 things to do, but there's one very important thing on there, but I end up wasting time on the other nine. But it means that I get a lot of things done, but I don't really get the most important thing done. Now, I think what was happening like over the last few months, um, you have very, very limited time. And I, I would tweet about this a lot, where, for example, like my baby literally has two naps a day each nap is maximum one hour so then it's like okay reach you have two hours <laughs> to get everything on your list done and th- that was it like it's it's now or never and it's kind of the same that's happening right now where um she just started nursery but she goes to nursery only three days a week and then it's like these three days <laughs> are my three days to get absolutely everything done and so I in, in a in a really weird way I do think it has helped my productivity because then it's mm-hmm. like you know uh, I have no idea if i'm ever going to be able to get anything done on the other four days uh but then at the same time it's draining right like it's really really exhausting um and i definitely have had to do the whole i'm if i don't work on it today like tonight at midnight i'm probably not going to get the chance to work on it so i i need to pull an all-nighter kind of thing which made me feel like i was back in my school days again uh so yeah there's a little bit of everything but i i do i mean I, i i work really well when I have you know tight timelines and i have like specific that 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 kind of helps me become productive so i think that's that's helped a little bit there uh but you know it comes with its challenges like i I wrote a linkedin post earlier this month where um uh, we were very sick at home we keep getting all kinds of germs (laughs) from nursery of course and so you know, a week, I had like all this stuff planned out for my week, and then nothing, we we didn't really get much done, any of us at home, because, you know, we were really, really sick. And so that stuff happens. And I, I think I I just need to become more accepting of that and have more like plan B and
0: plan C in in motion. Absolutely. Um, One thing that I have found that being freelancers, a lot of my clients in those type of situations, whether it just be parenting, you know, getting my kids on the bus, or, you know, they're sick, they seem to be pretty flexible. Like if you're communicating and like, you know, you're, you're, you're again, just being flexible and informing people, they don't seem to care, which I think is, you know, one of the benefits of the pandemic. It's kind of humanized a lot of us, especially Mm -hmm. with work. But I think there's a lot of us um, freelancers that worry if you're not grinding, you're not meeting that exact deadline, you know and it makes us nervous but i think the reality is is if you're communicating appropriately a lot of people are actually willing to help and give you the mm-hmm. flexibility to take care of family
1: yeah, you
0: In your experience too
1: yeah i've already had just this month um two different meetings that i wasn't able to attend last minute because you know my baby was either sick or had to pick her up early from nursery or we had to go to an appointment so yeah just in the last two three weeks i i there are two meetings that i had to cancel last minute which is so unlike me like i would not mm-hmm. normally do that at all but as you said i think people are super understanding and i do think a big part of it was the pandemic where you know that kind of a lot of people's careers and work and home and everything kind of merged into one um and so it became I think it's exactly what you're saying. Like people just need to be honest and communicate up front and just be yourself and people are always going to be understanding about this. But but again, there isn't this pressure of, oh no, you know, my boss or <laughs> right. or this nine to five or I had to go in the office today or so forth. Like at least there's this flexibility of it's fine if I didn't get it done today at noon. Like I can get it done in the evening if I need to.
0: Absolutely. And the reality is if you're doing good work. The timeline is less important than the quality of the results that you're getting. Now, again, the caveat, and I'm sure you would agree to this, is you have to communicate. Like missing a deadline is not okay. It's about being able to say, here is what happened. You know, this is when I'm planning on doing it. Please let me know if this is going to cause significant issues. And at that point, you know, I don't think I've ever had somebody tell me, you know, this this is not okay. And if that were the case as you know it's like okay you pull the all-nighter or or you figure it out because it's not waiting until the deadline's missed before you're communicating yep but Arish, one thing i I just want to commend you of and i did this offline is one of my personal biggest regrets from my career is i worked so many hours when my children were very little Mm -hmm. and i missed so much time Mm -hmm. and for me i always had you know, justified it because I was making the income and my wife was a stay-at-home mom at the time. But again, looking back at it now, I really miss that I missed all of that. So part of the biggest benefits for me freelancing is I'm so much more available and I see my kids Mm. all the time. And the fact that you have, you know, you're tackling two challenges at the time. It's like you're a mother and you're parenting and that's hard, but you're also building this freelance Business that not only is really difficult in itself, but it allows you the flexibility to be available for your kids. So, no particular question there, but just wanted to commend you for that. I think that that's amazing, and not a lot of people, you know, have that opportunity. So, thanks for you know, inspiring a lot of us. And I know there's people that are uh, listening to this and saying, "I don't know how she's doing this," but I think that you know your family is going to be exceptionally thankful to you for that as well.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So let's jump into. We talked a little bit about uh, women in tech SEO. You know, it's something that you know is near and dear to my heart. I think there's a, a lot of opportunity in this industry for you know women to succeed in, and they don't get the the right opportunities. I mean, uh, as a middle aged white man, I, I realize the privilege that I have in this industry, and I try to be an advocate where and when i can and and part of it is pushing the women in tech seo whether it's an open seo for lunch sponsorship slot or a you know tweet but can you share with us you know how you started you know the purpose behind it you know i i just think it's it's very special so i'd love to hear more from you about that yeah
1: definitely i mean a little bit over three years now i think it's going to be our four-year anniversary this may which is so exciting um And you know like very selfish reasons to have why i started it to be honest it was kind of a a time where i wasn't feeling super inspired being an seo anymore i didn't know what i wanted to do and it was very difficult to network and meet other people and kind of just you never really felt represented like in the different conferences you went to And so yeah, I just figured, okay, why don't we start a group of you know women who are interested in tech SEO? Doesn't matter if they're beginners or they're advanced, they've been doing it for a while, and we can see where it goes from there. And yeah, it it just it grew so quickly, (laughs) way, way, way quicker than I thought it would. And we have so many initiatives that are running all the time now, including, you know, our workshops and podcasts and newsletter and mentorship program and our annual festival and it's just, it's just been great fun. And there's a little bit over 5,000 of us now, which is, wow. wow. Congratulations. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, it's just, it, it's made me feel very inspired and motivated to continue being in SEO, just being surrounded by all these brilliant women. And it's just a, it's a safe space for us to ask as many questions as we want without feeling judged. And everyone there is like super kind and helpful to one another. And uh, we just support each other by like amplifying all the awesome work that we do. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate like all the support you give us. I always send you a random email here and there and be like, oh, could you please feature this project or this initiative? So thank you for for doing that and amplifying us to your audience as well.
0: Yeah, of course. Like I said, um, uh, being aware of, you know, the benefits and and the privileges that I have, you know, I think the best thing that I can do at least from my perspective is one being aware of it but also being an advocate you know when i you know previously when i was leading teams you know any women that were joining the team your group was one of the first things that i had recommended it's like this is an industry that is very amazing but there are corners of the industry that can be very toxic and as you had said you know Obviously, I am not in the group itself, but everybody that I have talked to has only said amazing things and what you have shared, and even how you are very aggressive to keeping the peace in your group. I've heard stories from you and other people that I've talked to about, you know, you will make sure that if someone's causing trouble, that they are either reprimanded or removed from the group to allow for that safe area. I just think that's amazing, and I don't think that has ever been replicated to the larger SEO space, so it's amazing to hear that 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 it exists and I'll just continue to always be an advocate for the group so yeah,
1: no, it's really it's really fun and we're we're actually planning our first u uh, s festival this year, which is exciting and we're gonna hopefully launch more uh, more things soon about that, but yeah, I'm
0: really, really excited about that. Can you share a little bit, so one of the tweets that I, I love that you had read about, you were saying, I think this is one of your events in the UK, you had said you were really terrified because you had to put a deposit down for like the smallest room in the venue, <laughs> and you yeah. didn't know if 10 people would show up, and now you just booked like the largest room in the venue. Can you just share a little bit about that? Like I just thought that yeah. was
1: so- our our first festival in London was in 2020. A week before lockdown <laughs> and of course i'd started planning it like nine months in advance and then a few weeks before it was uh, going to run i was like oh no i really hope it doesn't get cancelled and thankfully it did not um but yeah back then i think the the smallest room they had um i had to agree a minimum of 100 people and i was like that is a lot of people i have no idea <laughs> whether i'm gonna manage to get 100 people or not and uh, And just like that i think within um within maybe i don't know three four weeks we sold the 100 tickets and i was like oh no now we have a huge wait list and i had to go to a bigger room um but i wasn't ready to commit to more than 150 i think in that first one because i was just really scared um and this time around we were going for a room that i think can hold up to a thousand potentially And uh, but I, I'm not going more than like, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to do more than 500. Like, that's my sure. absolute max. I logistically, I just want to be able to breathe and not stress out. But yeah, we have uh, I'm not I'm not afraid of like minimum numbers anymore, which is which is quite nice. And uh, we have a, a lot of members from the US, which is why this again has been like on my to do list for ages. But I'd love to start introducing it over there as well
0: that that is fantastic and as i had said there's quite a a bit of women in in my network and i'm always telling them to join and i've had people tell me oh my gosh did you know that a region's coming to the us (laughs) i gotta gotta do it i was like that's amazing like we need to figure out some way where you could slack me notes because like it seems like such a great opportunity
1: (laughs) i'm just as terrified about the us one because it's my first so i'm i'm gonna I'll, i'll do my same tactic where i'll start small First time round, until I kind of get familiar with it, and then I'll take it from there. But okay. yeah, I, I love doing these festivals. I get to meet so many of the brilliant community members, like in person, and it's just right. it's so nice. And it's like a nice celebration of our community.
0: And, and that's fantastic. Again, I love everything that you do with the community, and I've only heard amazing things. So, thank you for putting it on and, and you know being an inspiration to the the community. You know, I know a lot of us really appreciate that. So, thank you. So, kind of wrapping up here a little bit, going back to the freelance life. Can you walk us through any recommendations you have for aspiring freelancers? Whether it be like a book, a course, a newsletter, individual people to follow. You know, I'll make sure to link or you know tag people that you find you know valuable.
1: Mm. I think one thing to say is uh, like when I and that's maybe to takes us back like when I did the whole life plan and all of that one of the first things I did was actually like reach out to you know people who really inspire me in the industry um, and ask them if you know if they'd be willing to just jump on like a quick call and kind of give just kind of to hear from them firsthand and to get some advice from them so you know some of these people included like Alayda um, Hannah Smith, uh, mm. I chatted a lot to Paddy Moogan. Uh, so yeah, quite a few people like Tori, Tori Gray uh, from the Gray Dog Company. And these calls were really, really, really helpful because you know I got to kind of voice some of my concerns and hear from them some of the challenges that they had when they first started, but then also like feel inspired about, you know how it, it, it can feel a bit scary initially, but then how it is down the line. Um, I've 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 read every single one of your SEO freelancer <laughs> emails and additions like I just it, it's really nice to kind of hear from a lot of different you know folks from around the world like how it was for them um mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that that you know part of the community is really really helpful, where you can just kind of everyone is very very helpful, and so I definitely recommend that. Like reach out to people in your circles and your networks, and just ask for a quick call, and they you you'll be surprised by how valuable some of the advice is. Um, so yeah, that's that that's probably one of the things that
0: I've I found most helpful. And that's amazing. I had very similar experience. You know, Grant, I kind of jumped into the deep end and then talked to people, but. Again, when we talk about this industry, you know, there might be some uh, rough patches or corners on it, but when you get the right people, it it's amazing. Yeah. You know, I know you and I have talked offline about several things and, you know, I bounce ideas off of you, I bounce ideas off of other people and so many people are willing to share. So I love that you just recommend, you know, reaching out, building that network. It's, it's invaluable. Definitely. But Areej, I, I really appreciate your time and sharing your story with us. Um, can you share with the audience how people can get a hold of you and connect with you online?
1: Yeah, definitely. So my uh, newly launched branded website, <laughs> uh, um, And you can also find me on Twitter, Areej underscore Awali, And I'm on LinkedIn as well as Areej So yeah, please do do reach out. I, I'd love to hear from you. And if, if you're someone who is currently... Uh, you know, thinking of doing your own thing or going freelance full-time, like, feel free to reach out with questions. Like, I'd, I'd be more than happy to give back, just like others have have helped me and supported me. So, I'd, I'd love to do that as well.
0: Thank you so much. And we'll make sure to put all those links in the transcript below. And Areej, again, can't thank you enough for joining us. And we will see everybody on the next episode of The SEO Freelancer. Bye, Areej. Thank Thanks.